show that engages with the canon so that you don't have to. I'm one of your hosts, Anthony. And I'm another of your hosts, Sydney. Today, we are doing our third episode in our recurring segment, Why Are You Like This? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) In which we cover a movie that is already in our collective curriculum and for you, Sydney, a true core text. Is it always a movie? Yeah, you're right. A piece of media. A thing. thing, That's true, because one of them was Lady Gaga. We do Lady Gaga, yeah, okay. Yes, but this is... For you, a core text, and this is a movie. Yes, yes, this is this is the film we're talking about today, the film Titanic. Titanic. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, we're no, not, not talking about Titanic. That's true. Because that is something that exists. That's true. Titanic is, is a fun an... word to say. Yes, it but, is a um... great off-Broadway show <laughs> that I may mention in passing a couple of times. And I realized as I was setting up for today's episode that this is actually a rather appropriate use of an episode because. The whole reason we're doing this is because you're going to be on a cruise ship for the next couple of weeks. And so what better than to cover a famous movie about a disastrous cruise? Also, it is like the 25th anniversary re-release or something right That's now. That's right. Yeah. Like <laughs> like this month or last month. I was like very much planning on going to see it in the theaters again. They re-released it five years ago also. I think they just re-release it whenever they want to. Whenever James Cameron has fiddled with it enough. Yeah. Which... I think is fine. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. part of its whole thing is that like it needed, everyone had to go see it four times or something for it to make money. And then they did. Yeah. So like, I think they should just keep like, if that's going to encourage people to make movies this good and this expensive, mm-hmm. <laughs> then I, I think, yeah, go ahead and just keep re-releasing it and making more money from it with just the stars different or whatever. Yeah. But I, mean, I, I, I did not go actually to this re-release because they only did it in 3d and mm-hmm. I'm not, I can't, it doesn't work on me. 3D yeah. doesn't work on me. Yeah. It's just blurry. I don't really like when movies that aren't shot in 3D get converted to 3D. It just looks like paper dolls. Yeah, that's a good description. I think all 3D looks like that to me. Or like, it's like best case paper dolls, worst case paper dolls, like, and a migraine. Yeah. Like, I feel like I'm always trying to, like, focus my eyes different. Like, I feel like I'm always, you know, when you're trying to do a magic eye, mm-hmm. and, but it's like it hasn't locked in really. Yes. But you, like, you're, like, trying to find it. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't spend three and a half hours doing that. Doing, like, my soft eyes focus. And my brain. Yeah, that's yeah. not, I can't do it. Yeah, no, that that's very, very unpleasant. Oh, I was going to say, the only reason that... The Disney Corporation stayed afloat before VHSs was re-releases of their classic content. So I totally support. Yeah, 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 the vault. Yeah, re-releasing classic content into theaters to make more money. That's totally fine with me. Yeah. So if 3D works on you, go see, see if it. it's still uh, around in your multiplex. Because, yeah. Because um, it really, even if you've seen it but you haven't seen it. <laughs> This is the most film bro thing I've ever said. Have you seen it, but you haven't seen it on the big screen? <laughs> Honestly, if there's like, any... No, it really is, like, it really holds up. Yeah. If there's any movie that you can, I think, say, you really got to see it in theaters, it's this one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, if I could sit through Phantom Thread because it's in 75 millimeter, whatever the fuck that means, I don't know. I, I don't know what um, that means. I, you could absolutely go to the 4K 3D re-release of Titanic. Also, then you get to sit and watch Titanic. Yeah. You're not stuck watching fucking <laughs> Phantom Thread. You're really still mad at 
Paul, Paul Thomas, Thomas Anderson. Anderson. I I might die mad at Paul Thomas Anderson at this point. He I keeps like you're really holding upsetting it. me. Yeah. The reason Phantom Thread really gets me is because when I walked in, first of all, we paid extra money to see it in 75 millimeter because that's what all the film bros film bros in our life were telling us to do. And then when we walked in, they literally handed us a fucking program about the Phantom Thread 75 millimeter experience. Okay. And I was like, oh no, this is the most obnoxious, pretentious shit I'm ever going to watch, isn't it? And then it was. Let's talk about a good movie. Let's talk about, yes, yes. Um, Do you remember where you, did you go see Titanic in theaters the first time? I did not. I can tell you where I was the first time I saw it though. Oh, please tell me. So the first time I saw it was on VHS. I was eight and I saw it. The doble. You had to have two tapes. Yes, yes. And I saw it in a log cabin in the mountains in North Carolina when I was there with my family. Okay, and what year was it? I guess at that point it was 1998 because it was on VHS. Okay, but it was still like fresh. It was still like some, it was like, it had just won a bunch of awards. It was like, this yes. is an excellent movie. Get ready to watch it. Was it was still- Because in- there was a big drop off of like Titanic respect. Yes. It was like 1997, this movie has blown everyone's minds. Like, shut up, mm-hmm. shut up. And then 1998, it was like, was like that excellent movie like it won it won all those academy awards did it need to win all of those did it need to win as many academy awards as ben-hur i don't know and then 1999 it was like this movie is trash like Mm -hmm. who let this go on leonardo dicaprio is a hack for some reason it was very focused on him yes whether he like could act or not yeah which is wild because say what you will about leonardo dicaprio he's a very good actor yes yes but i this is interesting because I feel like this is a thing that happens to women all the time. And it happened to him. Yeah. It was like, wait, he's too good looking. Mm-hmm. He's such a pretty boy. He can't possibly also be an actor. And it was like, everybody just completely forgot about all the like weird indie stuff he'd been doing up until then. Yeah. And it was like, no, he's just a blockbuster heartthrob and he's not worth your time. Yeah. It was brutal. It was. I felt bad for him. Yeah. I I felt bad for Leonardo DiCaprio. Which is wild. So, yeah, that's that's how bad it got. Like, so soon after the movie came out. And I feel... So, I did go see it in theaters. I Where was did like, you see it? Um, Probably the Oaks Cinema. Okay. Or the Shattuck. Mm-hmm. They're both dead now. Oh, okay. They're just... There was this cluster of uh, sort of independent-minded... Mm-hmm. varying levels of actual financial independence but like a lot of performed independence yeah <laughs> uh movie theaters like in the strip in berkeley and but when i was moving away from there like a couple of them had died and it was like oh the fringiest ones died and now they are all dead streaming so i went to i went to it in theaters and i loved it mm-hmm. a shocker a 10 year old lesbian loved titanic <laughs> <laughs> But then, like, I think because I had really positioned myself as, like, not someone who is, like, taken in by, like, scams for 10-year-old girls. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't. I, 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 I listened to the Spice Girls only privately and publicly. I looked down my nose at them. Like, so mm-hmm. then when Titanic kind of, like, like, at first it was, like, this is cinema and that's okay. And then it became this thing that was, like oh, people only like this because of this good-looking boy. And, like, it's just, it's, like, this is a chick flick in, like, big-budget drag, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, oh, no, I can't, I can't be perceived. I can't be perceived. 
And so I really like went underground for a long time. And then there was just a point where I was like, this movie is so good that people feel like they have to hate on it because otherwise it will like have an unfair advantage over the, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I, I felt like, I felt like people were like draining its energy purposefully because otherwise it would become too powerful. Right. Right. <laughs> It's like, we can't let a movie be this good. Mm -hmm. So we have to, like... Destroy it. Yeah, we have to, like, pick apart the things about it Mm -hmm. that one could find fault with. Right. And be like, see, like, a proper filmmaker would never have let this melodrama go on. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Now it's kind of come back around, or now it's just, like, a classic, and, like, people Mm -hmm. don't really have... There's not as much, like, emotional response to it. Yes. Now. That is true. And I... And so now I do feel like... I feel like I kind of, like, got in... Even though I I, I did... I did fall for it for a minute, and, like, having to perform that I thought it was stupid. I I think I, I got in earlier than it was cool to like it again. And I know I've definitely, like, created a lot of converts over the years. You have. Because, like, I thought of it as, like, oh, that long, boring movie that I watched when I was eight. Because, like, I think I was just a little too young for it yeah. at eight. Particularly me at eight as a movie watcher was, like, very, if you're not giving me a, a like, slapstick comedy, you're wasting my time. Yeah. And so, you know, obviously for that child watching Titanic on a screen that was... The yes. size of a large And the book. way that, like, VHSs looked, like, it just, like, it didn't matter how good the effects were when you watched it on TV. Like, I did, I did, I think I found it pretty disappointing. Maybe that's what turned me around. Maybe DVDs happened, and I was like, oh, this is good again. Mm, maybe. That was part of it. Like, I feel like I tried to watch it on VHS, and I was like, this doesn't, this isn't really doing for me what, what I remembered it doing. But I do think... This is this is a moment where our tiny age gap, like I think it really caught me at like exactly a moment where I was ready to receive like a young, like doomed romance. Yeah. I think it was the summer between fifth and sixth grade mm-hmm. that I went to this movie. And like, I, I feel like even like six months earlier, I would have been like, okay, I just wouldn't have like invested yeah. in the way that I did. And I also think that's part of how I got sort of shamed out of like how I was like, oh, no, 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 that yes, that's for regular girls. And I'm not a regular girl because I didn't want to be taken in by like like a teen romance. Yeah. And let's give let's give credit since we're talking about this, like basic women really carried water for this movie all through the oddies until it came back around and like really held a torch for it. Yes. (laughs) So thank you. Basic women. Yes, basic bitches have been on this. Like, Red Sox fans have nothing to say mm-hmm. to basic bitches who remembered Titanic <laughs> all those years. Yeah. That, I know. I, I read the Red Sox are good now, aren't they? I don't know. Growing been, up, I feel like that was a thing. That was a thing. That, yes. like, the poor Red Sox. Yes. Up until 2004, it was like, oh, yeah, talk to me more about 1927. Yeah. You <laughs> fucking jokes. So 2004 is the last time that I knew what a sports team was. <laughs> it's also the year that my family you know stopped I mean. watching every Yankees game, but I digress. Sure. Yeah. Those fandoms that are like, Oh, the real fans are here in the hard years. Like, like talk to basic bitches about the naughty audience in the film Titanic. Cause we were all, we were all like signaling each other, like under the furniture. You know what I mean? Like we had like a secret society. Oh, I wasn't talking about you when I was talking about basic willing. women. Sure. Yeah. 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 I don't think anyone could ever call you basic. (laughs) About this, I kind of am. 
sure, but you know what I mean when I'm I'm talking like the people in 2004 who were like, I love Titanic. Were like just the yeah, girls who love romantic movies were like yeah, which I think is weird because when I watch it, not that I really have anything against romantic movies but it doesn't like a a story that's going to be the most about the love story is like i'm not really a the notebook girl yeah like if that's the main thing you're doing it's probably not going to be super interesting to me right probably unless you have like a fascinating angle Mm -hmm. so what i think titanic actually is (laughs) is an excellent disaster flick yes dressed in the trappings of a clunky but deeply felt romance yes (laughs) sugared over with some pretty biting like class commentary like um Mm -hmm. like anti-capitalist commentary yes (laughs) that's that's what i think is actually the movie and so the fact that it was like derided for so long as nothing but a silly love story i just think that's odd yeah Because it's, like, not the main thing it's doing. You could watch this movie, and, in fact, some of our friends do watch this movie and like it and not care about the romance at all. Yes, yes. One of our friends who we were talking to recently about Titanic was like, oh, I really love Titanic. Caveat, I really love anything to do with the ship and the business of the White Star Line. I don't care about Jack and Rose. I get that. I do care about Jack and Rose, but I still love, there's like a good, like I would say 20 minutes Mm -hmm. in the middle while the ship is sinking where we don't see them at all. That's true. It's just like ship sinking stuff. Mm -hmm. And I like, I really like all that stuff. Like I do care about Jack and Rose, but like that's, I feel like when I was starting to come out as a Titanic fan, Mm-hmm. That's that's the stuff that I would emphasize. I would be like, you know, they're actually barely in the movie even. <laughs> like exactly what you're saying. Like you could really watch it and just watch it for the ship. <laughs> mm-hmm. But like you can, like they fucking built a Titanic. Yes. <laughs> like, do you know how hard it was to build the real Titanic? And they built it again for a movie. And then sank it. Yes, and then sank it <laughs> in a giant swimming pool. Yeah. Like that's bananagrams that yeah. they did that mm-hmm. for a movie. And they didn't even know they were going to. I feel like is trivia that I heard once Mm. that James Cameron was like, no, no, no. Like I can do it all with CGI and like, we're going to build interiors. And then like they started shooting and he was like, "Mm." or I don't know. Maybe they were still rewriting. I mean, that sounds like the kind of thing that James Cameron would do. But yeah, like it's it like things were already in motion. Like it like the movie was happening and he was like, I'm so sorry to come back to you production, but we have to build a half of a ship. What are we going to do with it afterwards? Oh, we're going to blow it up. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to flood it slowly. Yeah. So, okay. If you don't know this movie, <laughs> the ship is real. Yes. And that is part of why you should go see it in the theater because it really, like, that's part of why I think the effects hold up so well because it's just a ship. Mm-hmm. They just built it for real. Yeah. And the detail in this movie is like, you are hard pressed to find a movie with as much attention to like minute historical detail as this movie. Yes. Famously, James Cameron drove his entire crew bonkers. Yes. And James Cameron, we should say, is a full crazy person and he sounds like a nightmare. He does. However, that nightmare created an incredible movie. Yeah. And sometimes I'm like, because I just kind of really am skeptical of white male auteurs mm-hmm. who are like, this is how you make a movie. Mm-hmm. 
like, and his, this is how you make a movie, I think, is you make sure the White Star logo is on every single teacup. Like, I think that really, I think he really believes that. Like, I think he drove those people bonkers because he really believes that's what makes a movie better. Mm-hmm. And that's a that's a big question for me when I rewatch it now is like, does it matter to me that the White Star logo, like, is that what's good about it? Like, I kind of don't think so. I think there's a, like, like sort of a, almost like a, like a spiritual Venn diagram of like, it is good because an obsessive mind made it. Mm-hmm. But all the things that mind obsessed over aren't necessarily feeding how good it is. Right. But some of them are. But some of them are. And so, like, how do you, you know what I mean? Like, how, like, how do you go into making a movie? Like, when I make my movie Titanic, mm-hmm. like, how do I know which things to obsess over? Like, I guess you can, I guess you just have to obsess over everything. Yeah, I guess so. Because, like, how else are you going to come up with the fact that in the last scene, the clock is stopped at the time that the ship sank? Yeah. And like, that's not something you're going to think of unless you're the kind of person who puts the White Star logo on every teacup. But then tell me why. I think we should dive into the controversy now of the floating. Of the what? (laughs) Floating. Okay. (laughs) That's what people don't like about this movie. Oh, the floating in the door? Yes. Okay. Like, is it a door? Is it a door? We don't really know what it is. It's not clear what they float on. Yeah. But I think it's never been put to rest. Like, people have been saying for 25 years... There was space on the door. There was space on the door. And then there, there's always an answer that's like, oh, but it's not really about square inches. It's about buoyancy. Like people have a lot of theories and it mostly tracks to whether you like the movie or not, whether you buy mm-hmm. it or not. But I think the fact that we're still talking about it means that they didn't try hard enough to both fit. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, that means that there was a gap in the movie making. Yeah. And I think we needed to see... This is just my take on this controversy. I think we needed to see a, a little bit more of an attempt or a rationalization. Like, they, they just give up too quick. Like, I don't care if it's too small or too, or not floaty enough mm-hmm. or why it didn't occur to them to, like, maybe swap out. But right. also, you're fucking already wet. Like, aren't you so cold? Like, Yeah, I mean, her legs were in the water anyway. Right. One line is all we need. One line of, like, him trying to get on and be like, if I stay on here, it'll sink. Yeah. And we'll both die. Yeah. That's all we need. Yes. Yes. Or if they're like, what if we, if they just tried like one more thing, if they tried it at a, at a different angle, mm-hmm. switch the position, my guys, yeah. there's not enough for us to not talk about it for 25 years. I know everyone who has shit to say about Titanic is just like, there was enough space at the door on the end. And just like, okay, whatever. Yes. Yes. But I think that's as much as that is the mark to me of someone who just like likes to be right about stuff mm-hmm. <laughs> and doesn't care that the movie's good. Like as much as that is like spoil sport. Yes, yeah, a spoil sport. As much as that is what those people are doing, the fact that it's been a consistent criticism, like I feel like we have to entertain the criticism. Because mm-hmm. it is also like inside the Titanic community, sometimes it is like, well, I don't think they tried hard enough. I just don't think, I think they didn't try hard enough. Yeah. And it is weird that in a movie that is this meticulous, that that oversight was made. Yes. A good example of how meticulous James Cameron can be in this. Neil deGrasse Tyson, a few years ago, had um, a special screening of Titanic at the Hayden Planetarium, which is the <laughs> planetarium at the Museum of Natural History. And James Cameron was there. And they were talking after the movie and Neil deGrasse Tyson noticed that in the scene where the Titanic sinks, the stars in the sky are wrong for that date at that latitude and longitude. They just like, yeah, it's they just don't like match. the sky of LA. Yeah. It, it, and like the 
that's just never going to be the same at yeah. the North Pole. Like, I don't think he said how far off it was, but it was wrong. And he was it was wrong enough that he was able to pick it out just by looking. He's also an astronomer. Yeah, so he's it's not a stars, a man of the stars. Yes. And when they were talking after the show, he said to James Cameron, you know, I know you put a lot of effort into the detail in this movie, so I feel it incumbent upon me to tell you your sky is wrong. Mm-hmm. And James Cameron's response was to not even respond to Neil deGrasse Tyson, but to look to his assistant and just go, Titanic made how much money internationally? What was it, like $3 billion? Which is such a dick move. But a couple years later, he re-released Titanic, and and Neil deGrasse Tyson went to see it, and he had fixed the sky. Yeah. (laughs) So, like, he's a dick, but he takes notes. Yes. He didn't want to hear it in the moment, but he did fix it. One of the more sort of damning things to come out of that shoot for me is like Kate Winslet's diary that I don't even think it, it, I don't think it's a leak. I think she like was like, here's my diary from when we shot Titanic. Like, Mm. isn't this fun? And then we all read it and we were like, that (laughs) does not sound fun. (laughs) It's not that, I don't know, compared to like Hollywood abuses, like, But there's a lot of, like, I don't want to say anything because, like, I know if I asked for a break, he would give me a break, but then it would be a whole thing, and I don't want to be that Mm. girl, and, like, it's very, I'm cold all the time, and, like, it's too, like, the costumes are very heavy, and, like, it's physically exhausting, and, like, I'm Mm -hmm. always wet and cold. (laughs) Yeah. That's not great to me. That's not a great, like, working situation. Yeah. For these young actors. I agree. One other thing that I learned about Kate Winslet in this movie is that she campaigned really hard to play Rose. Yes, yes. You told me this. I did not know this. Yeah, she was not James Cameron's first choice, but she sent- Or second. Or second. That's true. Or fifth. That's true. (laughs) Uh, I think it was offered to Gwyneth Paltrow and Claire Danes before it was offered to Kate Winslet, right? Yeah. I I, I forget who all you told me, but I think it was five people. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think one of them was Reese Witherspoon. That sounds right. Because that is the one- Okay, because Claire da- it can't be Claire Danes and Leonardo DiCaprio again. They just did that yeah. in Romeo and Juliet. Right. I don't know. I mean, I guess it could be, but that probably would have been awkward. I don't know. I could see Claire. I can see Claire Danes as that. Yeah. I think it would be a different energy. It would be a very different energy. But I think the one that blew my mind, the reason I remember Reese Witherspoon is it's like, oh, that that's not like that's a very different. Mm-hmm. Claire Danes is like harsher almost. Yeah. Sharper, more like gruff. Claire Danes needs less rescuing. Yes. But Reese Witherspoon, especially in 1997, was like a little goofball. Yeah. <laughs> like, like that had she even really... done Legally Blonde yet? No, like, I, I don't think so. Like, it, I feel like it would have been like Titanic starring, like, Kristen Chenoweth. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been wild. Titanic starring Glinda would have yeah. been, if they, it would have been what it was if they'd cast Reese Witherspoon. Yeah, that would have been weird. And but then who else did you just say? Gwyneth Paltrow. That feels like the closest to me to what it is. Mm-hmm. I think Kate Winslet is a way better actor. Yes. I look, but he in don't 1997, Gwyneth Paltrow was way more famous. Yeah. Yeah. She was a year away from the Shakespeare in Love saga. Yeah. Those of you who are younger listeners, you may only remember Gwyneth Paltrow as the woman who sells vagina scented candles. <laughs> but back in the day, she was actually a she huge was an movie actor. star. Yes. Yes. People were, yes. People gave her a lot of parts. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that she was ever as good at acting i mean okay so that is one of i think the real successes of the movie is that of titanic the movie not of shallow hell 
<laughs> yeah, or, that's um, that's yeah, that's fair. Is that like a problematic movie? Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Uh, like both the leads are just like such good actors. Yeah. Like, yes, they're they're beautiful and they have great chemistry and they're like right for it and like the mm-hmm. the, the 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 all the optics are good. But there are also people who like now are still working as like like actors. Yeah. Like like not just as famous people. Right. As like actors that you wouldn't want to be in a category with. Right. They are both Academy Award winning actors. Yeah. Who like anytime they're in a movie, I'm like, I would see that movie. Yeah. Not so much Leonardo DiCaprio now. I think Only he's a good actor, but years, like he, I, I, I'm not saying that he like lost it. I'm saying he doesn't, his presence doesn't encourage me to go to a movie. Sure. Whereas like I, I would watch things that I wouldn't watch otherwise to check in with Kate Winslet. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's like partly because I'm in love with her. <laughs> yeah. But it's also partly because she's really good at acting. Yeah. I think she's my most consistent movie star crush. She's certainly the one you talk about the most. <laughs> and that's well, no shade. That's I'm, just... Listen, I'm I, I'm probably just trying to play the other ones closer to the vest. You talk about Gillian Anderson a lot. Well, but that, no, that's... That's just queer culture. Yeah, I mean, again, I don't blame you. That's just being an adult lesbian. But I, I think if I if I cast my mind back to that time, I, I definitely was a lot more, I had a, a, a lot more, like, internal life around, like, crushes on movie stars when I was a teenager than mm-hmm. I do now, certainly. And I think Angelina Jolie was the biggest ascent in self-knowledge. Yeah. <laughs> like, just, like, the clearest, like, rainbow flag sticker. <laughs> That yeah. happened to me. But then when I consider it, it's like, but that wasn't until like eighth grade. Kate Winslet was really, was really there all along. I just like didn't know what to call it. Yeah. And then Angelina Jolie got weird. And that was kind of a turnoff for me. Kate Winslet stayed Kate Winslet. <laughs> yeah. She's never stopped. Yeah. She did sort of appear to defend Woody Allen at one point, and that was pretty oh, yeah. awkward because it's like she doesn't say a lot of things at all. That's true. She's so not like why would you a very make public that? persona? No, she's not. So, and I think it's probably for the best because then when she does say things, it's like that, and I'm like, no, can you? Yeah. can you keep it to yourself so I can continue to like you? Yeah, I really like that. To this day, Leonardo DiCaprio and Kate Winslet are still really close friends. Yes. They take Instagram photos together, sometimes with Billy Zane. That was a really cute one. Um, Billy Zane, your friend. Yeah, yeah. Billy Zane, who I met in Pasadena recently. (laughs) Hey, Billy Zane, if you hear this. That was a cool matinee of Into the Woods that we saw. They also made another movie together. Revolutionary Yeah, like about halfway between then and now. Yeah. And like, it's not a great movie. Yeah, I didn't see it. You don't need to, but... It is almost worth it. Just like I'm, I'm not, I'm not this person, you guys. I'm not the person that is like, oh, I see everything that this person makes, or like I'm gonna see this movie for the off-screen drama. Like I'm not going to that the Harry Styles movie. What was that called? Oh, uh, don't worry, darling. Yeah, like I don't need to see that just because I watched a lot of TikToks about it. You know what I mean? Like right. that's not like I'm not the kind of person to be like I just want to see them in a movie together again. But it's like it shows that they're friends. Like it's like it's like seeing like a theater company do. Do you know what I mean? There's just mm-hmm. like there's a lot of like mutual like craft. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's just like a lot. It's very steamy. Oh, so is Titanic. 
Yeah, no, but it is like, I feel like it's like for a lot of Titanic fans, that movie was like imagining what, like what would have happened. Just like a version of like, like, let's just imagine like what life they could have had together mm-hmm. and surprise it all goes wrong. Revolutionary Road is not a happy movie, but like, it's nice to see them have, cause the, the, the steam in Titanic is very new kids and the steam in Revolutionary Road is very adult. Do you know what I mean? It's like, it's like you get to see them grow up and have their grown up sex. And like, that's kind of nice. <laughs> yeah. It's funny to me that this movie has nudity and a sex scene, but not at the same time. Yeah. But I, I think that's, I think that's a good idea. And, and it really works, it really in works in this yeah. movie. You know, what's funny because when I saw this movie, I was still like, ew, gross nudity. What? I don't understand. In my head, for some reason, I just, for however many decades, just thought that Kate Winslet's character had armpit hair. (laughs) I don't, I cannot give you a good reason why that is. It just like was in my head. I can, I have a memory of being eight and just like receiving that image and just being like, ah, interesting. But she doesn't because it's 1997. Yeah, she doesn't. We're just like not concerned about historical accuracy. Yeah, no. Even though we are concerned about that, about every other thing, yeah. but not when it comes to body hair. <laughs> yes. Great. Okay. That's correct. I know because when we watched it, we watched this movie together in the middle of lockdown and I was looking for it and I was like, oh, weird. And I had to like recalibrate my memory a little bit. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. How did I come up with that? Wild. Then? I mean, that's just like a wild thing to even have an opinion on because like I'm, well, that was- I like can't picture her armpit. Well, it was, well, because she's Cause sitting like this in the draw me like one of your French girls. Oops. Like she has her arm over her head. Yeah. No, so I it's like very prominent. He tells her to put it there. Oh, yeah. I forgot the detail that I really liked of that. Jack is really nervous in that scene. Yeah. I knew she initiated, but I always thought he was like, oh, yeah. But he's just like, oh, no, um, he's nervous. Mm. And then he's he's nervous when they fuck, too. That's true. He's, mu- he's much more shaken up than her. That's true. And I think that really adds to... The steam for me, mm-hmm. and, and along with the literal and, steam, it is a steamy and, car. Yes, it is. Yes, yes. It, like famously, mm-hmm. the hand slap, like the the actual sex part of the sex is symbolized only by steam and the things it does. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think ten year old me also liked that. I think I was tired of seeing women so rattled and men so unmoved by sex. Yeah. And this was like, it's like, it's like pretty deep. They're like really into it, mm-hmm. <laughs> but he's like much more like shooketh. Yes. And I think that's nice and vulnerable. Yeah. I wonder if this is why there was that backlash to Leo is like his character is very vulnerable. Yeah. He's not particularly manly. Yeah. Should we talk about how like trans men have kind of claimed him yeah sure absolutely that's (laughs) that's just like another cool like lesbian thread of this like it's pretty easy to watch this movie and just like imagine that it's lesbians Mm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. or like because obviously like he is a boy like a like a trans man yeah that's fun i did not know that that was a conversation that was happening oh yeah 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 that's really cool yeah well because i mean fucking look at him yes first of all yeah and then, like, I don't know, the backstory of I'm from a small town, but they didn't understand me. And so, like, I had to get out of there so I could really be myself. And then mm-hmm. I went to Paris and I hung out with all these prostitutes and they were really not threatened by me at all. Right. 
like I was just like cool with the prostitutes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, I don't think that it was James Cameron's intention at all, but like, it's not, it's not hard to, to overlay that. Yeah. If that is the movie that you want to be watching. And like, it is the movie that I want to be watching. Certainly. That is, that is a fun gloss on it. Yeah. Okay. If you look at Leonardo DiCaprio now, you're probably like, how does that work? No. Go look at a picture of Leonardo DiCaprio from 1997. (laughs) Yes. Like 18 year old Leonardo DiCaprio. Like he, like he honestly was a, a, a cover crush for me. Mm-hmm. I would just pick like the prettiest boys. Yeah. And be like, yeah, that one. Like boys, like fucking the middle Hanson brother. Like boys. Or Devin Sawa. Who could pass for girls. Yeah, well, okay. But that's, that's enough. That's like Jillian Anderson. That's, you can't fault anyone for that. <laughs> Devin Sawa, I feel like I was genuinely into Devin Sawa when I was like nine. I, I think that, it. I think that was real. But Leonardo DiCaprio was definitely a cover for me being into Kate Winslet. <laughs> One of my favorite things to engage in about Titanic now is does it pass the Bechdel test? Oh, interesting. Assuming assuming that Jack is indeed a man. Yes. I say yes, but it's very cuspy. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the, the scene in question, there's only one scene in question, and it is between Rose and her mom. Yeah. And they are talking about the necessity of her getting married. This is why I like the Titanic starting point for this conversation, because it's like, well, what does the Bechdel test actually mean by... And I mean, I think what's her bucket? What's her bucket? Alice Bechdel? Yeah. I think she would be like, it's not supposed to do any of this. Like, you're way overthinking it. Yes. Like, it's just a couple of simple questions. Yeah. (laughs) I would like to overthink it. What does talking about a man actually mean? What is and isn't talking about a man? Because they are not talking about Billy Zane specifically. That's true. They're more talking about the necessity of her getting married to secure the family's finances because... Yes, they're talking about her obligations as a marriageable woman. They're talking about, like, what it's going to mean for her mom if she doesn't do this. They're talking about, like, risks and rewards. And to me, that is not talking about a man, even though it is talking about the things that men do to them. (laughs) Yeah. Like, problems that men have caused. But I just feel like that is too stringent an application to say that they can't that that it has to be a conversation between two women that doesn't concern any form of like gendered oppression (laughs) at all that Mm -hmm. seems like too far to me yeah i agree kate winslow's character and her position in this are interesting because she and her mom are that funny class of people that doesn't certainly doesn't really exist anymore in american society well maybe it does of like disgraced aristocracy. Yeah. I, I, cause I think they've fallen on hard times cause her dad died. Right. Like that's part sure. of it. It's not the whole thing. Yeah. They're living beyond their means and keeping up appearances, but she needs to get married because neither of them have any marketable skills Yeah, and can't work. And he's new money and needs their like credibility. Basically. Yes. They're an old money family. Yeah. Yeah. But now they're just old. Now yes. they're just an old family with yes. no money. He needs their name and they need his money. Yeah. Billy Zane also does a great job in this movie. He does. <laughs> yes. Honestly, the cast in this movie is really good. Yeah. Fucking Victor Garber. Victor Garber as the engineer. Holding it down. Theoden is the captain. Not Donald Sutherland. <laughs> yeah. 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 That guy. That guy from Jumanji is the black, the white star representative. And yeah. And he's great. Everyone's little story is like really well- Oh, Kathy Bates as Molly Brown. Kathy Bates. Yeah. (laughs) The little girl from the party. (laughs) A great child actor. It's like like everyone that we, that's ever used 
for anything. Like, ever, like if you were reading the script, like, anyone who's ever, like, capitalized, anyone you'd have to cast, like, we see what happens to them. Like, they get at least a beginning and an end, if not a middle. Mm-hmm. Like, every single little person that you just, that you just like, see around, if the, if the camera bothers to, like, linger on them for a moment, you'll see what happens to them when the ship sinks. Yeah. And, like, a lot of them are really um, poignant and satisfying, even if they're, like, tertiary characters. Yeah. Even Luigi, who gets uh, crushed by a smokestack. Yeah. Am I making this up? The little guy, the guy from the crow's nest, who shoots himself? I don't remember. I know it's one of the White Star guys, but I don't know if it's the guy from the crow's nest. Well, I hope it is, because that would be that would be what I'm talking about, <laughs> if it's mm-hmm. true. I'm pretty sure that that guy does get a resolution, mm-hmm. and it might be that he shoots himself, which is... Yeah, I mean, even the musicians, famously, yeah. you get to find out what happens with them. Yeah. One thing that I really liked about the way this movie is structured is it has this framing, for those of you who haven't seen it, it has this framing device of... Oh, yeah, fuck. We haven't even talked about of like Bill Paxton. <laughs> yeah, because... Okay, so the other thing that James Cameron likes, in addition to being a fastidious and uh, overly meticulous nightmare is he loves underwater camera technology. Yeah. Just fucking loves it anytime he can put it in his movie. I mean, I think he just loves like new technology. He does, but he has like such a soft spot for water stuff. Yeah. And so the framing device of this movie is there is like a exploring vessel. It seems like that is exploring the wreck of the Titanic in at the time present day and they discover that Kate Winslet's character is still alive. Yeah. And so she's narrating to them her story of being on the ship. She, like, comes aboard the vessel and is talking to them because they find Jack's drawing of her yeah. in, a, in a safe. But what I like about this framing device, and you could say, like, it's kind of on the nose, but what I like about the framing device is before she really gets into the story, they talk about how quickly and catastrophically the ship sank yeah you know they have that whole like 3d model that they did of like all right so within two hours the ship goes from hitting the iceberg to the bottom of the ocean yeah and like they show you what happens and so you know going into it and they like pretty well signpost like there's a point where she's like you know we're having a great time and she was like, that was the last sunset the Titanic ever saw. Yeah. but And it also, yeah, that is a really nice moment that I was not even thinking about about this movie. Because, it, like, this is, like, news to her. She's, like, 100 million years old. Yeah. And she was on the ship. But seeing this, like, little graphic that, like, so now we have more information as the audience of this movie than she has had her entire life. Just seeing this little, like, like flash graphic. Mm-hmm. of the ship sink it's like this is exactly how and it split down the middle and then like it got dragged under and uh, like from her like you can't tell that when you're on the deck of the ship you don't know yeah. any of that shit you just know whether the lights are on and off or off or whether you're floating right so i i think like making that a moment for her for the old version of her that she's like never known like mm-hmm. it's never it's never no one's ever offered this information to her yeah and it kind of also like tells a story of like she didn't really like that wasn't her life. Her heart did go on. Yes. <laughs> like she didn't really spend her life like thinking about this bad thing that happened to her. When she was uh, in the movie 19. Yeah. And then like lived another 84 years. Yeah. No, you're you're right. What I liked about it as well is it's like you know as the audience how bad it's going to get. Right. And like I think that that's really helpful because then when they actually do it, 
it doesn't seem indulgent because you know already that that's what happened. Right. And so that's it just is really satisfying storytelling. I went to the Titanic Museum in Belfast, which I think my main note for the museum would be involved the movie more. <laughs> mm-hmm. But they want to talk about the actual boat, the Titanic. Because Belfast is where they built it, even though Southampton yes. is where it started its maiden voyage. Yeah. There's some cool stuff there. It's it's clear to me that like they were granted, that they just had way too much money to spend on this museum mm-hmm. that probably should have gone towards not having wars like i don't know right like funding cultural organizations is great but there comes a point where it's like okay but are the hospitals funded yeah 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 and like i i I know that belfast has had some drama (laughs) yeah but everyone agrees that they did a great job building the titanic (laughs) the part of the museum where the ship sinks they just have you walk through this dark room and it just has all the texts what do you call that oh the telegraphs yeah all the uh telegraphs that the Titanic sent out and received from the time it hit the iceberg to the time it sinks. And like, it's brutal. It's like, we're in trouble. Come as quick as you can. And all the other ships are like, we will, but we're not close. And then like the last few are like, goodbye. Tell everyone I love them. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's just like, it's just like the last little guy, like at the thing, like just like saying things to the end of the world. It's tough. And there, there, there's just like fun facts. This isn't, a, we don't get anything from the like rescue ship or anything in this movie, which is fine. I'm really now just nerding out about the actual Titanic, but like mm-hmm. the ship that came to get them, the, the Carpathia. Carpathia, I think, yeah. When they say like, this is the absolute fastest we can get there. Like this is the fastest this ship has ever moved. And if we move that fast the whole time, we'll get there in this many hours. They beat that time by like a half an hour. Wow. In, as we know, very dangerous conditions. Yes. (laughs) Like, another ship has just sank, and that's the whole problem. Right. Is that, like, it's too sinky around here. Yes. Too icebergy, and they're like, we're going to go faster than, like... And big ships famously don't move that fast. Right, yes. They're they're made of iron. Yes. (laughs) Um, They had, I guess, the captain of the Carpathia had everyone, like, turned off everyone's hot water so that none of the steam was diverting. Fascinating. Like, like they did, they did every... were like they were like throwing in just like like they had everyone was on double duty like shoveling they were just like mm-hmm. throwing in like the hot coffee like anything they could think of and they and they did actually go like faster than a, a, supposedly that ship could even go and and I'm and they fished like six people out of the water that's yeah. that's real yeah it, one of them wasn't actually Rose DeWitt Bucator but yeah what was what was the number of how many people went into the water it was like it was like 1200 people went into the water with life vests on yeah. six came out yeah but that but that is amazing like in those conditions that those six people survived mm-hmm. do you know what i mean and like and like if that's how few were still alive then like if they'd been a half an hour later yeah you know there would have been none it absolutely yeah. would have been none. so like that's so like good for them man like yeah. that's that's really nice <laughs> yeah absolutely one detail that i like from the movie is the way they handled the lifeboat question yeah because like if you've been living under a rock for the last 110 years the whole reason the titanic was such a disaster aside from a giant ship sinking was they didn't have enough lifeboats yeah they didn't bring enough lifeboats they brought enough lifeboats for i think about a third of the people between a third and a half and then they launched a lot of them with three people like not full at all yeah Yeah. and they're supposed to have like 24 people in a lifeboat and they were like oh nope these four rich people are on there let's go yeah wait this is what i was gonna bring up though as my next piece of trivia do you know why why they sent them not full 
that, uh, that is why they didn't have enough lifeboats because they just wanted more room on the decks and they thought it like looked better in photos if they didn't yes. have so many lifeboats. They didn't yeah. want people so thinking about the number of lifeboats, so they just by took half. them off. But the reason they sent them not full, were you about to say that you like the way the movie addresses that? Yeah. And it's just like they're walking on the deck and they're like, oh, you have so much room. And they're like, well, it's because we took out half the lifeboats. And then like later on when they crash, they say to the Jumanji guy, they're like, you made us take out half the lifeboats. Remember? And he's like, yeah. So are we all going to be okay?" And they're like, no, "No, we are not going to be okay." Yeah. (laughs) That scene with Victor Garber is like is like one of the things that really stuck with me, like from 1997 till Mm -hmm. like. I learned to like the movie again. She's made of iron. I can assure you she can. Yeah. It's just like the urgency. And this is why it's like, yes, this is the movie of a madman. But like somehow he like really frothed all these guys up. Like the fear in all of them is like really palpable. Mm -hmm. And like they're they're all these like, you know, muckety muck men who are like, we know how ships are. Mm -hmm. And they're like so freaked out. (laughs) Yeah. Because they they didn't think this was going to happen. Yeah. Um, okay, so the new thing that I learned about why they sent the lifeboats half, yes. half done mm-hmm. was a, um, a COVID, a piece of COVID trivia Oh, that is like they sent them because people didn't want to get on them. Okay, the way a lifeboat works, especially back then, I don't know now, but the way they used to, they used to like lower them down on little yes. pulleys mm-hmm. and the ship has to be, the ship can only be so tilty right. before that system does not work anymore. Mm-hmm. So you have to like, as soon, and they only had, how many fucking people was it? Think about getting people through an airport or whatever. Right. They only had like, however, like an hour and a half before the ship was inside the water. Yes. So like, I don't know how long that is of lifeboat time, but it's not very long. Not long at all. And so like, if you're asking, you're asking these rich fucks to line up so that they don't inconvenience the poor people. You're trying to get the rich people out of there first. And you're like, it's, it's, it's your turn. Come on, get going. And they're like, it doesn't seem that bad. The ship's not that tilty. Like, I'm sure they're going to figure it out. Like, how fast does news travel? Do you know what I mean? Like, they're like, mm-hmm. oh, it's kind of bad. Like, everybody get on a lifeboat. Like, you know, rumors are spinning. People were like, I don't want to. I'll catch the next one. Genuinely, people were like, I'd rather wait in my cabin. And, like, if it gets more tilty, then I'll go get on a lifeboat. And that's why the first ones were empty and the, the last ones were crowded. And I just think, like, when, like, all the vaccine drama was really happening – that story like really landed with me that it's like oh yeah like any disaster movie that doesn't include like an obvious fucking lifeline that people turn down because they just like don't fully understand their circumstances is not realistic (laughs) yeah and they do they don't say in as many words that that is what's happening in the movie but there are at least a couple of people who like one person is on a lifeboat and they literally go Oh, I forgot my fur coat in my cabin. Uh, do you mind waiting while I go back to yeah. get it? And the white storyline like, no. guy, no, <laughs> absolutely not. Yeah, I guess there was a lot of that. And so they just like drowned all the poor people <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> to make up for how slow those rich people were. Which is funny because Jacob Astor still died. Who's that? The real Billy Zane? Yes. Okay, yeah. The scion of the Astor family died. Yeah. A long time ago when we were talking about the buoyancy, mm-hmm. now we've come all the way back to the lifeboats. A, a thing people like to say about this a lot is like Rose should have just stayed on. There is a point in the movie. If you haven't seen it, I don't know why you're still listening to this, but there's a point in the movie where Rose is on a lifeboat that is being lowered into the sea. Yeah. She gets off the lifeboat to yeah. go be with Leonardo DiCaprio for another like 45 minutes. Right. And then 
he dies anyway because there's not enough room or it's not floaty enough. Sure. One of those two things. Yeah. And so haters like to say she could have just stayed on the lifeboat and the movie could have ended. We could have all saved an hour of our lives. Yeah. But. Yeah. Well, yes. What do you say to that? That is the, they could have taken the Eagles to Mordor of yes, this yes, movie. Yes. Like, absolutely. first of all, technically, I suppose, yeah, she could have. <laughs> But the fact of the matter is that she didn't. Right. And <laughs> yes. if, if and you it made think, it and it's such a better story. And yeah, and if you think like, that this character in that moment would have, you haven't been paying attention to the last two hours yes, of the movie. Absolutely. Like Rose in that moment would not make the choice to stay on the lifeboat. Yes. 100%. I never had a problem with that. No. I never had a problem with that. Yeah. Because the choice was stay on the lifeboat and live with Billy Zane. Yeah. Or go take your chances with Leonardo DiCaprio. Yes. And she decided to take her chances with Leonardo DiCaprio. Yes. It's, it's this, like that moment and how much I love it is why I know that even though I seem like a cynical bitch, I am a romantic actually. Because it's so stupid. As, as he, he says. Her. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's no way that that's like the smart thing to do, but it is kind of, I do understand how it's the right thing to do and it's the right thing for her being in love and it's the right thing for the story. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, why would we follow someone in a movie called Titanic? It's not called Rose. Yeah. <laughs> it's called Titanic. Why would we follow someone who isn't literally the last human being to touch the ship? Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. Like, why you would you want to keep them on the boat as long as fucking possible. And if the reason that they're on the boat is true love, <laughs> like, that's just really nice. Yeah. <laughs> and I just think that, like, that tells me about someone, if they say that to me, that yeah. it would have come out the same. Right. That tells me that you don't understand human relationships because it is not the same. Because this whole movie, he's been like, they've got you trapped, Rose. <laughs> mm -hmm. Like, how are you going to get out of this? The answer is basically fake her own death. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Because spoiler like, alert, when she gets to the United States, she changes her name. Yeah. She takes his name and that's yeah. why no one knows that this old lady was on the Titanic. Yes. Or where the diamond went. <laughs> but like this whole movie, he's been telling her that like she's got to like, like nut up and like make a big choice. Yeah. And then like that is the moment where she does. And it's like, like he's, he's been sure about her. From the moment he saw her. Yeah. But that is the moment where we understand that she's sure about him. Yeah. And like, if you think that that is the same, mm -hmm. then like, you've never been in love. <laughs> yeah. And just, just remind me when she gets off the lifeboat, is he still handcuffed in the ship? No. Okay. okay that's what so, I thought. So yeah. So the handcuffs is an earlier obstacle that gets her sort of off the top decks and down into the yes. water. So we can be contending with water earlier in the movie. I'm and just have a too. lot of good sound design. Yeah. Oh my God. Yes. The sound design. Just listen. That's another reason to go see it in the theaters. I honestly considered going to it and just shutting my, going to the 3d and just keeping my eyes closed. <laughs> it's he used like whale songs or whatever to he be used a lot of animal sounds. Yeah. To be the like creaking because it's like, and that's why it's such an effective disaster movie. It's so spooky because it's a gajillion tons of metal tearing apart very slowly. Yeah. In freezing and water. Like that's, that would sound crazy. Yes. And what I was thinking of is when she does go into the uh, the lower decks and those lower decks go below the waterline, all of the sound gets muffled. Yeah. It's such a subtle change. 
but it's so effective. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really... The whole handcuff sequence is very spooky. Yeah. Um, in a great way. But the, the handcuffs at this point have been resolved, and the thing of it is Billy Zane has told her... He has paid off another lifeboat guy yes. to not leave without him. Yes. And he's like, I'll take your little boyfriend. Mm-hmm. And Kate Winslet is like, you sure? And he's like, yeah, like this is not a time, like we're all going to die. This is not a time for me to like quibble about how slutty you are. Right. So she gets on the lifeboat with that understanding that they're both her boys have a plan. Um, and then as they're lowering her, she just like looks back up at them and realizes that he's a fucking liar. Mm-hmm. And that that's not how it's going to go down at all. And like jumps off back into the lower deck. And then they meet at the clock because they know that's their spot. Yeah. And uh, then they go down with the ship. Well, yeah, not all the way down. That's true. Yeah, they don't get sucked down. Part part way down. Yeah, that's another part that I'm like, I'm not sure about the physics, to be honest. I think, I the- think if you were on the ship, like if you were t- on the railing of the ship until it went under, like that's a lot stronger. It's a big boat. Mm-hmm. So a lot stronger, I think, than like a person's arms swimming up. Yeah. The thing that I found the most unbelievable about that scene is Leonardo DiCaprio looking at Kate Winslet and being like, listen, when the end of the ship hits the water, it's going to try to suck us down. You're going to need to swim like up against the current. And I was like, how the fuck do you know? Have you been on another sinking cruise ship? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is this not your first rodeo, man? Like. Yeah. Okay, I yeah. thought you were living with French prostitutes yeah, up until yeah. <laughs> three days ago. Yeah, he, he really, like, mansplains it's re- ships sinking. <laughs> it's really the scene from Terminator where Kyle Reese is like, listen, I'm from the future. There's a killer robot yes. coming after you. Except it's two people on a sinking ship. Here's everything you need to know. Okay, the, there's another nice moment, though, in that, or a nice moment in that scene where they're clutching the railing together and Kate Winslet looks over and there's another pair of in love people mm-hmm. clutching the railing. That's right. She and she like makes eye contact with the girl and they're both like, well, <laughs> and I, I just think that's a really nice little like Neville Longbottom, like the movie's about Kate Winslet. Right. Because she's the one that they fish out of the water, mm-hmm. but it could have been about this other girl. Right. If she had found that coach's whistle. Right. Exactly. Can we talk for a moment since we're at this part of the movie? Can we talk for a moment about the propeller bonk? <laughs> yes, sure. Yeah. So in the middle of this like very deeply affecting disaster scene that I feel like is not really played for tawdriness or No, it's very it's it's like it's like a war movie. It's like a Holocaust movie. Yeah. It's like not like an action movie. There are a couple moments of melodrama like the musicians going down with the ship or as they're sinking someone's doing uh, like a preacher is Yeah, yeah, yeah. doing a prayer. But there is a guy who falls off the back of the ship, and this is when the back end of the ship has gone upright, which is the last thing that it does before sinking. He falls off the top railing, and you just so clearly see him and then hear him go, Pong! Yeah, there's a crazy the sound effect. <laughs> yeah, it was very intentional. Yeah, that, that's a, that was a wild sound decision, whoever made that. Because I think, I think a lot of why the sound was so effective is because it's so layered and yeah. subtle. And this was like, let's take a moment for this. Like, toing, toing. <laughs> yeah, that probably is what it sounds like when a human body hits a propeller. I don't know. Would it be the loudest thing in the room? Probably not. Probably not. <laughs> yeah, there's a couple like awkward bonks 
There's yeah. also like there's also like one of the tables that's like fastened to the deck. Mm-hmm. Someone bounces off a table in a way that's like, yikes. Yeah. But yeah, the whole the whole ship sinking and the like the people up against the elevator grates and the old everybody loves those old people. Yeah, which was apparently like there was a old couple who they found like that. Yeah. Which is wild to me that they were found like that. Yeah. I heard that the ti- the real Titanic is getting eaten. I was just about to ask the same thing. By yeah. little mites. Oh, I heard it's about to fall down a trench. Oh. I heard it's about to be just like completely lost. Like within our lifetimes. I heard that too, but I thought it was because of little mites. Oh. Because of climate change. But it's, whatever it is, it's like, it's weird. Like we didn't know where it was for a really long time. And then they found it. And then James Cameron made a movie about it. And then now it's like not going to be there anymore. Yeah. Good thing we found it. Yeah. They didn't. (laughs) I think they found it in the mid 80s. Yeah. Or something like that. Yeah. Where, whenever it was, it really made an impression on James Cameron. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it was like the Titanic was having a weird moment in the 80s and early 90s. Yeah. I think also because it was similar to now with like World War II vets, like there were still Titanic survivors around, but they were old. Yeah. They like were I oldest. remember when the last Titanic survivor died. Yeah. Yeah. I just remember there being like a frenzy of Titanic content after the movie came out. And like, it was a lot of the world's oldest people being like, I was seven. Yes. <laughs> and it's like, okay, what can you tell me about that, bro? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But like, I don't know. It's interesting. It is. Yeah, it is interesting. So we talked a lot about how Kate Winslet wasn't the first choice for this movie. Neither was Leonardo DiCaprio. I forget who they had offered it to before him, but James Cameron didn't want Leonardo DiCaprio. I don't think that's right. No, Maybe he... not first, but I know that he courted Leonardo. I know Leonardo DiCaprio didn't want to be in the movie. That's right. Yes. He right. was like, because he, 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 the exact thing that happened, he knew that was going to happen. He was like, I'll just be a pretty boy. Like that, like this is too mainstream for me. This is not what I want. You're right. And James Cameron like took him in with like, but Jack's like very complex, don't you think? Like he draws these prostitutes. Like he 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 talked up Jack's sort of like troubled backstory. And yes. Leonardo DiCaprio was like into that. So a little bit of backstory here. One of the things that made Leonardo DiCaprio famous was a movie called What's Eating Gilbert Grape that had come out about five years before, where Leonardo DiCaprio plays someone with like pretty serious mental disabilities, and. When they started filming this movie, James Cameron took him aside on one of the first filming days and was like, listen, this is a very straightforward, big budget movie. Jack does not have a limp. He (laughs) does not have a lisp or any of that other weird shit you like to give your characters. He's just a guy. Yeah. Can you just play him as a guy for me, Leo? (laughs) He's a complex character. But, like, don't do weird shit. Yeah, do a little less. Like, I see, I can see the indie wheels turning in your head. Just don't. Yeah. Just don't. Yeah. Can we talk about how Kate Winslet was fat? Oh, yes. I think that part of the backlash to this movie was people claim that Kate Winslet was fat. Was too fat. It was, it's like Leonardo DiCaprio's too pretty and Kate Winslet's too fat. And that's, and so we do not, we do not ship this. Is fucking wild. It's so bonkers because i remember being in middle school and being like i'm not yet naming this a sexual feeling but i do think that she is the most beautiful person Mm -hmm. (laughs) that there's ever been um and i remember being like it's weird and like almost like progressed like forward thinking of me to think that because she's such a fucking fatty (laughs) Like, that's really what I thought when I was, like, 12. Oh, man. It was, like, like, and I remember there there was a girl at my middle school who was, like, 
I need to diet because I have the figure of Kate Winslet. <laughs> and we were all like, no, you're beautiful the way you are, but I see what you're saying. <laughs> I know there is still rampant fat phobia in our society, but I am really glad that the conversation around size has really progressed from the heroin chic of the 90s. No, it's it's like outrageous. Like when I remember those conversations... And then I look at the movie, like I still expect because I have those, those, those early in my Mm -hmm. like little middle school lizard brain. Right. I still expect when I return to this movie, I think that she's going to be like at least like a Christina Hendry, like a little Zoftig. Yeah. And she's not. She's not at all. She's She's a fucking size zero. There's no way. She doesn't look like Callista Flockhart, which is a 90s reference of someone who like very famously was too thin yes. for a long time. But that was like the standard. It was like, if I can't see your bones. Yes. Like, if you don't look like you're on the brink of death. Yes. You're fat. Yes. It's just like, really, I like can't, it really upsets me now when I look at the movie. Yeah. Because I'm like, sh- no, she's skinny. Yeah. Like, how tall is Kate Winslet? Uh, tall, I think. Let's say she's 5'7". She's probably 130 pounds, which is 20 pounds less than what I weigh, and I look like someone drew a stick figure of a person and then just, like, bubbled in a butt on them. Did Kate Winslet... I know Kate Winslet recently broke her own record, and Kate Winslet is the record holder for longest amount of time holding your breath while filming a movie. Yeah. Did she previously hold that record during the filming of this movie? No, she took it from herself earlier in shooting Avatar. Yes. And before that, it was uh, Tom Cruise. Oh, okay. I don't think there's a lot of breath holding in Titanic. That's that's true. There's not. There's a lot of like paddling around and like teeth chattering. Right. Because the whole point is the water is dead. But they're not fully submerged. That's true. That's true. Okay. So who's Titanic for? Any reasonable person. Yeah. With any level of taste. Yeah. It is wild to me that this and Boogie Nights came out the same year. Yeah, it is because Boogie Nights was such the opposite of what I wanted a movie. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, it's, I was like, absolutely fuck the 90s. Just like the sensibilities of it, the underlying values. Mm-hmm. It, I just had nothing to say to that movie at all. Mm-hmm. And Titanic is like, as you've said, a core text. Like it's, it's, it has all the values that I want. Yeah. It is also amazing to me that James Cameron, like I know people make fun of him now for being like the Avatar guy, but he made two of the quintessential 90s movies that like still entirely hold up. The other one being Terminator 2. Yeah. Like it's incredible to me that he had such a, he has such a crazy track record. Yeah. No, I think he's, I think he's pretty good at his job. I don't know what happened with Avatar. I feel like I understand what happened with the first Avatar but I don't really understand why the second one, like if you're going to go to the trouble to make the same movie again, mm-hmm. wouldn't you fix the things about it that people didn't like? Yeah. Like that's, that's what I don't understand is why. like that, that makes me feel like maybe he's lost track. I mean, I think he's, he's running into the same problem that Peter Jackson ran into the same problem that George Lucas ran into is like at a certain point in your career, people just stop telling you no. Yeah. And then when you lose all constraints, that's when you start to lose the plot. Yeah. But yeah, I agree. This is for any reasonable person you know, it is long, but similar to what we said about... It moves, man. It's yeah. got a lot going on. Yeah, it's like, it's not as long, but The Matrix is two hours and 15 minutes, but like 
every minute feels necessary. I actually, I don't think The Matrix is a bad comparison because there is, there's a, there's a way that what I'm responding to in both of these movies, I think, is like, it is the end of the world and love conquers all. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like the, like the pull between like the smallest, teeny tiniest, most like private interpersonal thing that can be happening and also like the biggest, most universal everybody thing that can be happening are happening at the same time and like constantly interfering with each other. Yeah. That's if you can be doing both those things in a movie. Like yeah. it doesn't get it doesn't get better than that. Yeah, I agree. So if someone came up to you at a party and told you <laughs> that their favorite movie was Titanic, actually you know what? Let me let me reverse this. <laughs> yeah. When you go up to people at a party and you tell them that your favorite movie is Titanic, what usually happens? People are like, really? (laughs) Most people are like, they're shocked that that would be someone's opinion. And they're even more shocked that someone would admit to it, would like say it out loud. I have like said this to, especially since moving to LA. Like if I say that in Oakland, it's like odd choice, Mm -hmm. but fine. Here it's like, what the fuck are you doing? Like you cannot, it's like, like I've had people be like, shh. You're embarrassing yourself. Like, you cannot go around this town saying shit like that. Like, get a real, get a fucking, it, like, say tangerine. Get, like, a like a interesting mm-hmm. <laughs> opinion. Pick a Miramax film. Uh, I know. But, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. That, that, that time in movies when yes, there I, was studio indie movies. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Like. An A24 film. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, uh, uh, an early Natasha Leone project. Like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. What are you doing? That can't be your real answer. Mm-hmm. But it is. It is. And if someone else brought it up to me, I'd be like, marry me. No, I, I mean, I think that would, there'd be, we'd have a lot to talk about, certainly. Yeah. But I, so far, it's much more, Titanic is like another uh, Kesha to me, where it's like, I'm going to see how you respond to this. And that's going to tell me about you and how um, independent of a thinker you are. Yeah. If, if, but like, do you, have you decided, because I can tell from people's response, whether they've decided truly for themselves, how they feel about Titanic, even if they don't like it, I can tell if you genuinely don't like it or if you just think you're not supposed to. Right. I will say for the last couple of years, and I feel like you've had this situation come up at like parties that we've both been at. Not that you need my help to defend Titanic because you could do it more eloquently than I ever could. But I do have fun like been honing it for a long time, <laughs> just like parachuting into wingman your love of Titanic yeah. and just be like, hey, I watched it recently. It's a great movie. It absolutely holds up. Listen, and it, then just sort of like scooting away. It really helps to have a mask presenting person yeah. back you up on this because I found that. I mean, this is getting into like really the crux of this podcast, (laughs) but like I've found that there are certain like cultural areas that will just get like dismissed outright for being womanish. And if you are a woman who wants to advocate for those things, there's just no, you could talk to a wall, you know, like there's just no, there's no wiggle room there at all. If it's a thing like, if something is campy or niche, those things are surmountable. But mm-hmm. effeminate, that's a deal breaker mm-hmm. for a lot of people who have opinions about things. And yet, somehow, I just, I, I, I like to push that rock uphill. I don't know why. Because it's worth defending. Yeah, I mean, it's, I, I feel like, but this, yeah, this is, this is why this and like Moulin Rouge and like Kesha are this mm-hmm. to me because it's like I've picked I've picked some things that I 
know beyond doubt are not just things I like, but very well made, good, good things. <laughs> I've cared to think enough about how to express that to another person. And like, what are your reasons for not already knowing that, for not already being ahead of me? Yeah. We can't all be ahead of me all the time. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's okay if you're not as smart as me. But then just like know when you're being led towards the right answer. Exactly. So obvious question. <laughs> I'm not even going to ask. What class is it for? Because obviously it's going in. Yeah. Honestly? Okay. Well, it was the 90s. Yeah. I'm going to say Violent Femmes. Yes. I would put it there too. And I'm going to say Semiotics of the Post-Apocalypse interesting come for me like it is its own apocalypse like that's what it captures so well is it's like is it's like the scale of a marvel movie but like to these people like this Mm -hmm. this ship is everyone that we know yeah that's a really interesting comp to marvel movies where like people die by the hundreds and thousands whole planets yes (laughs) like planets are eliminated half the life in the universe gets snuffed out at one point yeah And it's really hard to care most of the time. Yeah. Sometimes they'll get it right. But even then it's like, okay, I kind of care. This is very self-contained, but it helps to know throughout the entire time you're going through this movie, oh, 2,000 of these people are going to die. Yeah. And there's no getting around that. And as much as you might like them, that's just, you know, it's coming. And so it just makes it all the worse when it happens. Yeah, it's going to be as bad as you think it's going to be. Right, and they take time to show everyone enjoying themselves. I feel like so many disaster movies will show like, oh no, a crying child when everything's going wrong, but they don't take the time to like show kids playing. And like when they're walking on the deck, there's like kids running around on the deck and like playing with toys. There's like random people, like you were saying earlier, like the camera just focuses on these people as you're going And they don't linger too long, but, like, you get a sense of, like, this is a vibrant, self-contained little society. Yeah. Yeah, and they they really take the time to be, like, this is what the rich people do. This is what the poor people do. Like, this is what everyone's doing for fun. Right, just because you're poor doesn't mean you're having a bad time. No, the poor people are having way more fun, actually, than the rich. The rich people are having a shitty time. But they've got some really nice things around them. Yes, they do. Got some really pretty stuff. Yes, some I nice, feel like uh, Molly Brown is the only rich person having a good time. Yeah, she's having a decent time. I mean, I, I think... Uh, I think it's mostly because she's hanging out by herself and drinking whiskey and then showing up at dinner and being like, hello, I'm drunk and ready to talk shit. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, she's a great person to have around. She is the voice of like... Because like all these men are like, the ship's made of iron. This is how much water it takes. Honor culture. Mm-hmm. Facts. Yeah. And... Kathy Bates is like, the wool is lifted from her eyes. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, like even before the ship is sinking, she has like cut through a lot of the bullshit. Yeah. She like sees how stupid, like the decks and the class system, like she, she, she sees through it all. She yeah. sees what's going on in Kate Winslet's marriage or, you know, proposed marriage. Like she, see, she, she, she gets it. And then once the ship is sinking, she is like, concerned she's like oh no two thousand of these people are gonna die do you know what i mean like she yeah. i really don't i i keep thinking that if i just start the sentence again i'll like think of the word but like she holds the like the oh the humanity mm-hmm. of of the situation yeah 
She's for very us. grounded. Yeah, 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 yeah. And like she understands she understands the human tragedy that is yeah. about to happen from the minute it's happening. Yeah. She gets how bad it's gonna be, and then she like witnesses how bad it is. Yeah. And like doesn't kid herself mm-hmm. about it and yeah. doesn't worry about what ships are made out of or what temperature the water is. Yeah. It's just like, oh no, uh, like most of these people are going to die and mm-hmm. that sucks. Yeah. What do you, what would you do if someone came to you at a party and, or where would you put it? Where would I put it? I mean, if someone came up to me at a party and was like, my favorite movie is Titanic, I would be like, so good, right? Yeah, like okay. I would have a lot of fun. Yeah. Where would I put it? Honestly, I was looking at the board before we sat down mm. and you named exactly the same things that I thought of. Okay. I don't think that there's anything other than maybe profiles and courage mm. that I would mm-hmm. also add it to. Everything else I think is is right. So where can people find you on TikTok? I am at Trash Analysis. And you can find me on TikTok and on Twitter at Anxious Arch Faye. You can find the show on Twitter at Sophisticate Pod. Uh, please continue to leave reviews and subscribe and tell your friends. Word of mouth really helps for this podcast. The more reviews we get, the sooner we will read and watch Twilight. (laughs) So until next time, that about does it for us here on I'm a Sophisticate and So Can You. Good night and good luck. Oh my God, we didn't even talk about the song. Do, 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 do.